welcome to another episode of the Psychflow Podcast. I'm so excited and happy to have you here today. And today I wanted to open our episode with a question. I want to know, when was the last time that you questioned if there were any harmful chemicals in your favourite pair of jeans? Whatever your answer to that question is, our guest today is someone who I am so incredibly excited and honoured to introduce to you and who I guarantee will blow your minds and shift your perspective and perception on fashion, the clothes you wear and who you buy them from. Our guest today is someone who is one of the loudest voices in terms of sustainable fashion. Cara Delevingne has walked his shows, he has dressed stars like Giselle and Rihanna and he is really amazing in terms of what he stands up for and just how passionate he is about the cause that he is promoting and so I would really really love for you to go and support that work and go and check him out and please obviously he does not need my promotion but I am very very excited to just have that minor input and you know just push that message a little bit further so please for all of you who have very excited and curious about who it was on my Instagram that you know I was talking about when showing his work please go and follow his work check out his clothing check out his shops um, check out his collections and also watch his award winning Emmy winning documentary remastered um, which is available online you can easily search up I believe it's even available on YouTube that really shines a light on the fashion industry today I hope you really enjoyed this episode I absolutely loved this conversation I think it was one of the best conversations and guests on the podcast that we have had um, this far and so I hope that you enjoy it and let me know what you think Welcome. I am so very excited to have you on the podcast. Um, I'm actually really honored. I'm a big fan. Um, Please introduce yourself to my audience. Sure. I'm Jeff Garner. I design a collection called Prophetic. I do sustainable couture. Amazing. And you have been raising awareness and changing the fashion industry um, for years now. I have done a little bit of research just to you know get me a little bit more familiar with your work um i have seen of course you have dressed people like giselle um rihanna i'm sure many many more um and i have snippets i've seen snippets of your um successful fashion shows in london and edinburgh um which actually at first led me to believe that you were british and (laughs) and then i started looking a little bit more into that and i was like oh I don't think so. Um, and you have your eco label. Um, is it called Prophetic? Is that right? Yeah, that's it. Yes, and you have recently also won an Emmy uh, for your documentary called Remastered, which I have also seen clips of. Um, and it basically shines a light on the chemicals and toxins in the fashion industry, and a little bit about um, the health implications of that. Am I am I missing anything? Is that kind of no, your yeah, portfolio yeah the it was a kind of a um yeah the docs just kind of highlighted you know toxicity and fashion but it was kind of a tribute to the art of sustainability that we've been doing these last i don't know 15 20 years i guess so but yeah but it was a nice kind of entry level into the idea of thinking what we put on our bodies and how it affects us so Amazing. And so is it all right if we start from the beginning? When when did it start for you? Have you always been interested in interested in sustainability? Yeah, I know it's it's kind of a common thread right now what's going on. I started I think in two 
2000, I'll date myself. So, um, and I grew up on a horse farm and simply when I got into, I was designing band shirts in Nashville, Tennessee. All my buddies were in bands and I started designing their stage clothing and doing the printing and I realized how gnarly all those chemicals and toxins were in the, actually in the printing process alone because um, you have plastisol ink, etc. So I learned very quickly like, okay, if I'm going to continue in this fashion world, I need to figure out different solutions. And that's when I started, you know, kind of working with the companies like, what can we do different and asking questions and um, working kind of the science mind of like, let's create a solution. So we started like Wilflex Inks, who's based in Atlanta. We did an organic pigment compound so that that was used instead of the Plastisol ink and, you know, stuff like that. So that's where it began. So is this when you started really paying attention to the toxicity kind of it? Because that's really what I'm, ver- that that kind of really drew me in because it's not something I've ever, one, heard of, and two, really even researched. I don't think it's a loud enough and a common enough conversation. Um, I don't see a lot of people talking about it. I think that it's something that's really important, and I think a lot of people would never even think about the chemicals that you wear um you know i think we talk a lot about kind of the 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 chemicals in skincare shampoos conditioners that kind of thing things that you eat preservatives but i have never heard the conversation of you know the dyes and the chemicals in your clothes um when did you realize that there was problems in the industry was it kind of 2000 when you were when you were making merch yeah i mean it was a few years later i I started studying the impact and looking back and case studies um, you know my grandfather was a scientist so he kind of taught me you know this is how you analyze problems and and whatnot so I started doing research and discovered um, you know there's been linkage to breast cancer right with bras okay what created that is it the nylon is it you know the synthetic dyes in the nylon and there's all these variables as you can imagine so one can't really pinpoint and say okay it's this or it's this so you really have to look at the broad spectrum of things and say, okay, it's an accumulation. So they call it bioaccumulation. So the idea is that we, as humans, try to like use cleaning products that are free and clear of parabens, for example, and, and our face lotions, etc. But the one thing we haven't thought about is like what we put on our skin. Like I just got out of the water, I've been surfing, so this is hemp, right? Dyed with indigo. So naturally it doesn't it breathes well doesn't itch my skin there's nothing drying out my skin on it because if something's bleached out it's going to dry out your skin um, the synthetic dyes are full of heavy metals from hide, etc so it's going to create a, a barrier so it doesn't allow any breathability it's just science really um, so when you break it down like of course we don't think about it because we're sold on marketing and sex appeal and mm-hmm. you know cool vintage clothes that actually a lot of them are polyester right we love the, the vibe the, the coolness of our style and we don't think about the materials as much but you know obviously our grandparents our great-grandparents knew fabrics because they grew up with gardening and sewing etc so we've moved away from that so that's why it's so easily disconnected in today's society we don't think about it because now i think we're starting to hear about it, but you're right everyone's kind of beating around the bush they're not talking about that sensitivity with the skin because they don't have a solution think about it It, you know you could you could pitch circular economies in like recycling clothes and all this plastic bottle pt stuff because they can still make money off of those ideas right 
But if I sit here and say, well, you can't use that fabric, can't use that dye, cannot use that, well, you're limited. You're stuck with using hemp, organic cottons, you know, silks, uh, you know, seaweed, things like that, and plant-based dyes. So these companies, there's no way they could convert. They would all go out of business. So is that why there's such a lack of, um, I guess, regulation in the fashion industry? Do you think it's just they just don't want to regulate it because it would then impact negatively on the profits. Exactly. You know, I'm not going to name names, but you know, I try to consult and work with bigger companies and I'll do what I can. Obviously they're limited. So this one company I was working with and it's US based company and they're, they're known for their underwear. Um, but they, we went through like, I broke it down for them, gave them my ideas, created some product for them. And they simply said, we cannot do it. We cannot move forward. I said, well, why? There's like, well, we're afraid, Jeff, if we do this conscious collection, that it'll bastardize the rest of our products. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, that's fair. But like anything else, you'll have bands that will want, obviously, the conscious collection or the sustainable collection. And you'll have bands that don't care and they like the fit, the color, whatever. So I don't think it's... You know, black and white in that sense, but they're afraid to touch it because it would necessarily expose what the other fabrics are, what the chemicals mm-hmm. are, etc. So, yeah, so nobody's really going down that road yet because they're afraid of, they're not able to turn that huge wheel of manufacturing to change it. Just like when they introduced electric, you know, cars, they were like, well, we're going to do this over time. And Tesla came out of the box out of nowhere and said, no, this is, we need to do this, do it now. And so they kind of helped propel that movement. But unfortunately, we don't have a big guy like a Tesla that has their own needs, own money. And they're like, we don't care what everyone else is doing. We're going to do it properly. And we'll make profit. And I think that's why you don't hear any, a big voice saying they need to do this. So you got mm-hmm. smart guys like me talking to you guys and doing shows and like trying to stir it up but um that's just reality but i also i finance myself i don't have you know somebody that i partner with i don't have a board i have to talk to like i basically tomorrow i can do whatever i want to do say whatever i want to say and it doesn't affect my bottom line i'm not controlled by anyone i'm not selling Mm -hmm. right so that's why my voice can be different than others um so yeah plus i don't care yeah. <laughs> you've mentioned the um you've mentioned like a conscious collection um and i think that was kind of my next point that it's a really sad but not a surprising fact that there's so little regulation about it and again i kind of expected you to go down the route of profit um because that's what the society is running on currently right we are doing a lot of whatever brings profit to the table um but i also think that a recent trap that we don't really think about and maybe this new generation kind of the gen x um of shoppers is that you have these buzzwords like recycled and conscious and eco-friendly um you know organic cotton and things like that and there's still huge fast fashion brands that are doing these you know and a lot of these um clothes are probably made using super unethical either materials or maybe even you know the labor um isn't the best or the workers aren't being paid fairly um and they probably overall aren't really doing anything conscious or eco-friendly um as a customer what 
are we supposed to be looking out for? What do you think we should, you know, pay attention to to spot these kind of fake conscious collections? Well, it's the old, you know, it's the old story. It's like, you know, you ever had a girlfriend or boyfriend who, you know, you're like, you know, this needs to change or, you know, we're breaking up and then they promise to the world and then obviously nothing happens. And, you know, so it's the same kind of thing. You can call them out on these things and simply they'll market and PR and spin. Um, but the reality is if you look at their actions, you'll see what it truly is. You know, they have this, you know, they call it design obsolescence where they teach designers to create things that fall apart. So it drives a consumer back into the stores, fast fashion and buy more. So a t-shirt used to have a lifespan of like at least 30 washes. And I think it's down to like five now. So that's a bad situation, but you're buying a t-shirt H&M for seven bucks, right? So I cannot even buy the fabric for that, if that tells you anything. So we're, we live in this world where the pricing is not correct because think about it, your petrol, your gas, um, your food costs, your living costs, they've all gone up through the years, right? Because we're not in 2000 anymore, we're 2022, but we still have the same price point for t-shirts since like the 70s. So that shows you there's something that's not shifting in fashion and that's our manufacturing, right? So, so our fabrics, we're learning cheaper fabrics, you know, um, and you know, I just, you know, my advice is for everyone to look deeper, to turn over the tag. Obviously tags aren't even regulated either. I could say this is hundred percent cotton and it's actually 50% poly, 50% cotton. Everybody's going to regulate me. Oh, so wow. That, that's the other thing. So you really have to be smart about it. And I've, I have friends all the time now. They quiz me. They're like, hey, I, so, I bought this and this company claims this. And I break it down for them. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I find it more and more. And it's actually become a game now. But it's sad that out of one out of ten brands that claim that they are doing something properly, they are not. And it just shows you that nobody's regulating so it does make it difficult for consumers. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's also, um, I've had the argument that fast fashion has kind of warped your perception of how much clothes actually cost. Um, so because you can, you know, I, d- I don't know if you've got it in um, America, we have Primark here, for example, which is very well known for very cheap clothes and you can buy a lot of cheap clothes. A lot of them say that, you know, they're conscious and, um, you know, the organic cotton. But if I can buy, for example, a t-shirt that's been printed up printed on for two pounds um three pounds even sometimes which is like two dollars i think um sometimes i kind of take a step back and i mean since we started thinking about it me me and my fiance we really try to minimize that and we don't shop at at clothes clothing stores like that because i said well if i have to buy that for for example three dollars and you can still make a profit on it then how much did it actually cost for you to make it and for you to pay the people who made that and for you know the shipping and whatever else and so it just brings it into question a lot in terms of like how was this actually made um, that it costs so little Um, and on the other hand you have that thing where people buy it and they refuse to pay any more for good quality clothing because they say well I can go to XYZ and get it for a lot cheaper Um, so the argument is that like good sustainable clothing will cost you for example 10 or 20 or 30 bucks for a t-shirt but because these really cheap companies sell it for two or three people are really reluctant to go and buy the better quality because obviously the 
the, the fast fashion just kind of warped the perception of how much actually goes into it and how much it's worth. Absolutely, yeah. They caught you know the true cost, like I said, is not is not there. So you know, we're, if you're a sustainable designer, your your t-shirt cost is going to be twenty or thirty. Like that's just the norm. But yeah, the perception is skewed. And mm-hmm. so you know to to kind of sum it up, like so that's why awareness isn't the answer completely because you're dealing with addiction. Mm-hmm. So fast fashion created an addiction cycle to people to be able to go buy every weekend new clothes. When before, you know, I'm obviously a little bit older, but before, like, my mother used to make my clothes for me. So every season, you know, I grew up in the South, which we have some British roots, but, you know, every season we would have, like, our fall clothes and then our spring clothes and outfits and my mom would make them, etc. So, like, you know, now you have one jacket or one pant that's new, but now we can go buy a new pant every weekend. We're going on a hot date, we want to look good, so we go buy a $10 pair of pants. So that's why we're up against. So we're not buying these items and are creating or making our own clothing that we're going to keep in our closet forever. Um, yeah. And that's unfortunate, but, you know, and we're not going to pass these clothes down to our kids, obviously, because they won't last. So um, it is an issue because these recycling programs you know, are just full of smoke and mirrors. Simply, you cannot imagine if I'm going to say I'm going to recycle your shirt there. Well, you know, I could guess and say, okay, maybe it's a nylon poly blend. You know, I don't know. It looks like it has some rayon in it, but I wouldn't know the percentages, right? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be able to break it down properly. So Mm -hmm. imagine the amount of work, time, effort to figure out what it's made of so you can Mm -hmm. separate out and therefore recycle it properly so where you can break it down and re-spin it into new fibers, right? So it's kind of a, it's a fallacy when they say they're doing those recycling programs. Right. I mean, I can, I can totally, can I just say I can totally relate in terms of, um, you know, your mom making you clothes. That's what my mom used to do. Um, So I'm from a really small town in Poland and she completely despises polyester anything um that's not natural which is i think why you know i have those underlying beliefs and kind of you know i really want to go more into that and i think that's what inspired this conversation today um she used to make us all of our clothes and even today she's got a small business that you know she wants to start and she's making these clothes completely out of linen and hemp um and she just will not she's not a supporter when i'm like oh you know i've, I've I bought this, so I bought something else, and she's like, "You should have just told me. I would have made it for you from better materials." And as you say, we used to have, you know, new clothes made every few months, and that's just what she would do. So definitely relate to that as well. But um, yeah, well, so she's got a very big push on that. Yeah, very cool. We'll take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think <laughs> definitely. Um, but you also said um, about polyester and nylon. You said um, I think it was in your bio might have been on a website i've seen somewhere a previous article that we've been um quote fed lies about polyester um you say a lot about hemp underwear and hemp sheets um and you've also said that if we can to just sleep naked can you tell me more about that yeah so a lot of our lounge where i or our you know intimates is made up of nylon because um, it's very thin stretch they add stretch in so it's very comfortable um, it's cheap, um, nylon, lace, etc. Et so 
what you don't learn about is that, like, for example, men's, like boxers, for example, if they're wearing those stretchy poly spandex nylon boxers, well, if you ever were a kid and run across a carpet and, like, you would shock your brother or sister. So that, that you know, shock comes from the positive-negative kind of rubbing each other, right? And so it comes from that polyester carpet. It wasn't a wool carpet, it's poly. So that's what's happening, um, basically, that those negative and positive are shocking the scrotum of the male. So that's creating issues with fertility, etc. Um, so, you know, it's one of many things that are linked. Um, so you can imagine your body needs to off-gas during the night. So you're around toxins, if you're in the city, the smells from the cars, etc. So that's the one time, the eight hours, six hours, whatever you sleep, that your body off-gasses and gets rid of the toxins in the lymphatic system, etc. So yeah, we block it with our clothes, with our loungewear, with, you know, our sheeting, right? So like, same goes back, like our sheets need to be able to breathe. You know, some mm -hmm. people sweat at night. I have Native American blood, so I sweat at night. You know, I run hot. Um, but yeah, I sleep naked every night because you want your body to be able to, you know, get rid of that, you know, and not hold it in. Um, I think it's about like we do like a pound and a half, something like that. We kind of sweat out. You know? Oh, wow. So it's important, you know. It's just like if you're in a steam room or sauna, etc. Your body's mm -hmm. off gassing, right? So it's the same idea. Um, so is this what you were talking about? Because I also wanted to ask you about, you know, if you can remember any of the health implications that you said we often think could be because of diet or it could be because of like hormones or it could be because of even like our stress um in our everyday life but actually what we don't realize that it could be from what we wear yeah absolutely like spandex has what they call tdi in it i don't want to get too heavy into the chemicals or the names etc but tdi basically is a hormone disruptor um and obviously that is going to go into your lymphatic system it's going to go you know so you have for example malibu where I, I live half the year i you would see these young girls in their yoga outfits at sun life organics which are kind of our smoothie spot um it's like a joe's cafe or whatever and they are like doing yoga every day super healthy but you can see little bumps in the back of their neck and they're like breaking out you know again it's coming from those tight you know lululemon spandex pants that they're wearing every day doing yoga and they're like not a, they're wearing them to class but they're also wearing them outside of class all day long right mm -hmm. so that has tdi in it so it's a hormone disruptor so it's obviously going to have a major impact at that age you know when the hormones yeah. are, are coming about so yeah that's that's one of many um you know again there's other hormone disruptors and etc and formaldehyde is is a really bad one because it's you know it's like the glue it's like the stain power for the dyes so that's why that you when they talk about sulfites in wine for example like that gives you the headaches it's bad for you it's it like they put it in the states and a lot of the wines to keep the shelf life right formaldehyde is the stain power same idea anything that has that glue if it goes in your system our systems were never designed to have that inside of us you see so that's what happens your body responds to all these toxins going inside so you break out so would you say that um i know you've mentioned plant-based dyes um is that a better alternative where where would you start for you know if you you're listening to our episode today and you're like okay this is you know a lot of 
a lot of information um i i want to make that swap where do you start with that yeah i mean there are luckily now there's enough small guys like myself that make a specialty item for example i do the hemp boxers and bras and underwear right but there's other guys that do t-shirts and other wearable pieces so i would start there like we have you know etsy's a good start place to look um but yeah just google online but you know what you look for is you know it could be organic cotton t-shirt for example but you got to look at what what they used to dye with because imagine having a beautiful wood wall and then you paint on it right with toxic mm-hmm. paint well that beautiful wood is no longer breathing it's mm-hmm. clogged right and that paint is touching your body so that's going to have an effect so you want to make sure it stays pure so Yeah, you can look at things that are not dyed, for example, like just the PDF, the natural f- fabric, you know, like nude underwear, etc. Um anything that's dark in color is going to have heavier dyes in it. Like for example, the black Lululemon pants are probably the worst cuz they have the most dye in it. Um so things like that. So there are enough options I think out there. I there's not a lot of companies doing the plant-based dyes on a big level. Um aren't anything but wearable pieces. So it is a science, you know, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of variable. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get there. There are I got friends working on like solutions with that, creating powders out of the plant-based dyes, right? So the powder can stay longer and you can use it in com- commercial like dye machines. So there are more solutions, you know, happening. So it will yeah. be able to reach that commercial level at some point. Yeah. I was that's uh, kind of my next point also do you think it's becoming more um accessible and affordable as well because I feel like a lot of the time you know I I know that one of the arguments is going to be well it's too expensive you know we have yeah. a lot of companies that make these beautiful clothes that are sustainable and amazingly made fair and all of these amazing things but for example you know to pay 100 pounds or 100 dollars for a dress um or even 20 pounds or 20 dollars for a t-shirt is just a lot of money um to a lot of people especially when you're you know a minimum wage worker or even after covid now so even though you'd love to switch up sometimes it's just so hard to find something that you can actually afford um do you think that's going to change anytime soon or do you think you can shop like that now um that's a very difficult one and it's it's asked a lot cuz i you know i spend half my time in the uk as well so that's more of a you know i understand you know um the issue with budgets etc the problem is is that it is a true cost to any sustainable designer like for example i think my boxers are listed for 45 usd right so that that's on the high end or like honestly a middle tier for boxers nowadays but it's a true cost meaning my fabric costs me $10 my dye costs me $10 to sew it up you know cost me x so you know i'm looking at you know i'm barely you know selling it for half i mean i'm selling it for you know it's not it's barely covering my costs so, you know mm-hmm. because i believe and you know i want people to touch feel try um so say I, if i was a commercial company and it was really cost me $25 well they're going to have to sell it for like 70 to reach their kind of margin so that's just the reality um and there's really no way to cut that down at this point unless you obviously manufacture in one of those third world places that 
no, it doesn't have fair wages, right? And that's against our ethos. So we cannot do that. Our fabrics are what they are because they're limited. They're only made, you know, they're made out of real plants and have a certain process that takes more manpower. And then the plant-based dyes, that also takes more time, more manpower. So it's just, you know, if everyone got on the bandwagon and started saying, I, you know, we demand plant-based, you know, fabrications and dyes. Well, then yes, industry would... No, supply demand supply and demand yes so it probably could cut it in half mm -hmm. probably um but the reality is i keep telling everyone it's like listen you're investing in your future you're investing in your health yes i understand you're you're a student and you can only spend x amount well then save that don't go shopping every weekend save it and then at the end of the month go buy that piece mm -hmm. of that you know is made well and will last forever you yeah. know, it's kind of, but then again, you're dealing with that addiction thing of everyone wanting new clothing and very quickly, you know, think about mm -hmm. everybody wants it tomorrow, right? Yes. So dealing with that. So it, it's, it's a hard one because people that do convert, they totally get it. They'll actually research for weeks before they buy a jacket. They want the best like wax, cotton, rain jacket that's out on the market. And they'll research that because they know that will be in their wardrobe forever. Yeah, mm -hmm. so there is that. So I don't know. It, I see it. See younger and younger people understanding that, and they care enough that they're going to do that. But yeah, yeah it, it takes saving. You have a little piggy bank, and you save your. You know, that's just it. I mean, nobody wants to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say. That with the recent push of, I believe my generation, and even maybe a little bit older than me, but especially on social media, you see this emerging trend um of you know the the crunchy right lifestyle um the parents who are very much promoting this very eco-friendly lifestyle um wearing only natural fibers paying attention to those dyes um and also promoting like plastic free living um and i see even people my age um you know making their own furniture making their own food making their own clothes and it's honestly nice to see um or nice to even overhear conversations you know of my friends who are like yeah i need to buy a specific item of clothing um that's gonna last me a long time you know i mean and i think even if you don't if, if you're not in the circles of people who are into sustainable fashion it's gonna reach you anyway like i wasn't really interested in that um super hardcore when i was 18 19 um and then as i was like 20 21 i was like okay and I, I just have too many like rubbish clothes um they're not lasting me a long time there's been i mean there's been shops where i went in and i just could not find my size or they would rip after one you know wash um, and it was incredibly frustrating and i was one of those people who would buy a new outfit every week only to then bin it the week after that and when i sat down i realized how much i was spending i was like right well i could have you know if i was spending a hundred pounds in a month or in two months that's a quality piece of clothing for me that's probably going to stay with me for years um which is again what i've done which is like cut all of my wardrobe in half and and invest into basics so invest into things that go together and then you can just swap them um and that's been something that i see my friends doing now as well so investing in clothes and buying more expensive pieces but we know that it'll last years have you noticed that do you think that's the future do you think that's what's happening yeah absolutely i mean because i do you know the reason that, you know, everyone doesn't quite understand, but I do couture not because I, I feel like, oh, I got to be that designer and it's not an ego thing. It's because that creates a platform 
you know, it's a show. It's a creative art show in which I can get a lot of people to talk about it and create more awareness, right? So I don't try to like say I price price myself out, but it's interesting. I've had a lot of friends, you know, and you know this the girl that works at the cafe in Nashville, Tennessee. She came up to me, you know, every day in my studio. I would go get a coffee, and you know, it was this cool little trendy place in Nashville. And she was like, "Hey, I want to buy one of your dresses." I'm, I'm like, "Cool."、Um, you can come by the studio and, and try on. And she tried on this beautiful couture、uh, hemp silk gown. She wanted to wear it to this event, and she's like, "You know, can I just pay you, you know, once a month?" You know, and, and I was like, "Sure, absolutely." You know, because I appreciated that. You know, here's this young girl who's working at the cafe as a barista, and she wanted. She knew. She was like, "I love what you do. I love what you stand for." You know, and she wanted to wear that and support it. So, you know, she obviously going to keep it forever, and she was like super excited, and and that will obviously never leave her hands, I'm sure. But to see more of that happening.、Um, You know, obviously, I'm not talking about couture, but you know, in the in the outdoor world, and like a lot of the you know the boxers, the men who don't like spending more than fifteen, twenty dollars on a pair of underwear, they're like they convert. They're like get rid of all their old stuff. Like I'm in.、Um, so it's cool. And but here's reality: like they only need, honestly, they only need like six boxers. That's、mm-hmm. it. They can throw their twenty cheap pairs away, have six in a drawer. And they can wear them. You know, I keep telling everyone hemp is antifungal, antibacterial, so you can wear it more than once before you wash it. I know it sounds weird as an intimate, but I tell everyone just, just test, it, see. You know, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't smell anything. It smells clean,、I'm、like because it is clean." And so you can wear it over and over and not wash it. Just save water there, and you know, you only need six boxers to last you for probably like four or five years. Wow! Yeah. So that saves、uh- you. You know, so you got to look at the math in the long run, right? Yeah.、Um, my last question,、uh, which is one of the suggested questions on your、um, profile, was the top five worst offenders in fashion, and I thought that was very interesting. So I would like to ask you about what the top five offenders in fashion are.、Uh, like,、uh, like people or or items of clothing or. What? I'm not sure. That was just. It was one of the. It was like, and、um, when I found your profile, it was like some of the questions you can ask me for your podcast, and、oh, one of them was, "What are the top five worst offenders in fashion?" So I'm not sure. That's great. My assistant set that up for me. That's. I love it. I, you know, I always joke around. I said, "Whoever, sh- whoever created shorts should be shot," but you know, I'm joking, obviously,、um, because it, you know, I just don't see.、Uh, See anybody looking really, really sexy? I'm talking men, basically in shorts, right? It's just like doesn't work. Bad links, ugly calves, bald calves. I don't know. Anyways, I've just never seen a, a good-looking guy in shorts. I just, you know, obviously we wear we wear board shorts for surfing, but you know they're under wetsuits and stuff. But you know, when I, I see people at, at nice restaurants in shorts, it just kind of kind of hurts me a little bit.、Um, but、uh, I call it eye pollution, and my my. You know, friends <laughs> all in front of me.、Um, so that 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 that's offensive towards me because you know everyone's, you know we, you know I there was this group called the Steets. Oscar Wilde was a part of it, and all these guys obviously back in, in the old old days, Victorian days. And you know it wasn't about dressing a certain way or being fancy or portraying yourself like look at me. It was like you know I, I want to present myself in in this way. And hopefully, other people will enjoy 
seeing the way I dress and wearing this silk scarf, and and it would bring a smile to their face. You know, just like us gentlemen, when I see you know a young lady walking down the street in a beautiful kind of flowery, flowy dress, you know, it's just like, oh, that's a beautiful picture. You know, it's not like she's trying to show off or like trying to like look at how much money I got. It's just like, oh, that's a beautiful picture. You know, like the old days in London when they had these beautiful, you know, everyone's on the streets in these Victorian outfits. Like, that's why those pictures are sold in museums. It's still there. They took one today. Nobody's gonna like keep、yeah. that that on their wall. You know. Yeah. So、I、we're miss we're missing that art form of fashion, right? Obviously, we want to, you know. Basically, I'm not saying you know everyone be themselves, everyone like present themselves in their own light. You know, I'm not judging that, but it's it's just different. You know,、mm-hmm. kind of、uh, shifted, and so I'm not、uh, I'm not really that keen on this modern fashion. That、uh, you know, for example, my dress patterns are like 30 pieces, and so I was going to say of- your your dresses are very much inspired. It reminds me of old. Old Victorian London, a lot of the time, especially the men's pieces.、Um, even the shirt you wear now, it's got the little ruffles on it. It's very much that.、Um, yeah. Is that where you take your inspiration from? Yeah, I mean, all all walks of life, all all seasons. I've done, you know, I've done the Princess Grace collection, but that was specifically for royal family in Monaco on her thirtieth anniversary. And like, so I love, but I just love time periods. But I love when things were, you know. Design, like meaning, and I say that in the sense of I'm trying to be sensitive, but like my pattern pieces are 30 pieces. You know, a modern, you know, I don't know, sack dress is like three pieces. Like it's just a different. They don't. You don't have to cut it and shape it and and spend all that time on it, right? It's just you just sew it up, and、mm-hmm. so it's, it is part of the fast fashion movement. Mm-hmm. And we've experienced it before when it went from these beautiful couture pieces down to cocktail, down to wearable, you know. And there's there's a place for it all. But、uh, when you talk about fashion, though, you know, Fashion Week, I want to see the the art, you know. And then I want to see you walking down the street wearing it and just wearing you know, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here today.、Um, I have no doubt that I and a lot of my listeners have learned a lot today、um, from this episode, and I'm really happy to play my part in spreading the message. And as mine as it might be,、um, you know, helping that fight for sustainability. So that's great. And you know what? You've really inspired me to again take a look at my wardrobe and really pay attention to what I'm wearing and what it's made out of. So I want to thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. And if you're in London during Fashion Week, you should come to our show. I、so. would absolutely love to. I will definitely try my best. <laughs>